0: Welcome to this episode of the Blackstreet Diaries Madcast. I'm Garrett Carr. He's Clay Sourty. Clay, how how are you?
1: Uh, good. Ready to get rolling into uh, NCAA tournament season. Uh, excited to be down in St. Louis in a couple days. And uh, looking forward to uh, covering my first tournament.
0: Yeah, so, NCAA yes. tournament. Absolutely. So, uh, just some housekeeping stuff. Um, this is, of course, the first part of a two-part uh, preview podcast for the NCAA tournament. We're going to do five ways this time and five ways next time. On the second part, you're going to hear us refer to, uh, this podcast being part of one big podcast, we did all in one sitting, uh, unfortunately, we had some technical problems with the first half of this podcast, so we're actually not, so this, this isn't the original version, this is actually, uh, a kind of a second take of sorts, uh, that we're recording Monday afternoon, rather than Sunday afternoon, which we recorded yesterday, um, yeah, uh, sorry about that, Clay.
1: Yeah, uh, just, a uh, long day of podcasting, here's some technical issues, but, uh, Again, we're gonna have a good couple of pods for you. Uh, looking forward to getting talk about the action. Uh, the first one we're gonna have 125 for 150 through 157 for you. Uh, we're gonna go over our picks to win, uh, our sleepers in terms of maybe some some fantasy value. I know there are some of you out there that are in some pools, um, some picks that we have in, in pools that we're involved in, and um, then where you might be able to find value down down the bracket and how Penn State's wrestlers may do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, all that uh, is coming coming to you guys. Um, but just some more quick housekeeping things. Um, first, uh, first off, um, you know, we're hosted on Black Your Guys as well as Mad Talk Online. Mad Talk Online is um, is a website uh, and this sorts of podcast run by Jason Bryant. Um, probably right now, you'd, Clay, you'd have to say is the top of the wrestling food chain in terms of wrestling announcers. I mean. He'll be announcing his second or third NCAA Division I Championships this weekend. Um, he announced the Olympic Games. Um, he, uh, on-site, the PA announced it for the Olympic Games. And he's coming out with, for the second or third year in a row, his NCAA uh, preview, um, his preview uh, magazine of sorts. Um, the magazine is a digital magazine. You download it, um, you download it right to your iPad, or iPhone. Um, laptop, uh, Android, or iPhone. Uh, it's 1999, over 20 or over 200 pages of information, including um, win-loss records and who they won and who they lost and what score for all the wrestlers. Fantasy advice, past champions, past All-Americans, everything you need to know to follow along with the tournament. It's the same book that ESPN uh, staff will be using for their research, uh, and it's really just top of the line in terms of a resource for this tournament.
1: Yeah, this will be the uh, second straight year that I bought Jason's NCAA Wrestling uh, Tournament Guide. Some really good stuff. uh, Matchup history. You're going to get every All-American from any year you can think of. You're going to get your team's history in the NCAA Tournament. Um, As he would call it, it's a very robust guide. And um, I definitely think it's a fantastic investment for for any fans who will be down there. We're following along via TV or radio.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's going to be tremendous, and uh, it's probably the best ninety nine you're going to spend uh, of the year. Um, so, with that, Clay, um, there's there's just one more thing we got to talk about before we get into the the NCAA championships, and just touch on it quickly, and that's the the big topic of discussion in the wrestling community right now is the the loss of Spencer Lee. Um, well, not the loss of Spencer Lee. But Spencer, no, the loss of Spencer Lee. So Spencer is alive and well, and thank God, because he's a great wrestler. Um, but Spencer Lee's loss. Um. In the uh, PIAA Finals, triple uh, A at 126 pounds to Austin DeSanto, 6'5", handing Lee his first loss of his high school career. Had he won that, he'd have done what I consider to be the rarest and um, biggest feat in all of, of PIAA sports, and maybe even all of high school sports around the country, of uh, being a four-time undefeated PIAA champion. Uh, Clay comes up literally second short.
1: Yeah, a really incredible match put on uh, by he and Austin DeSanto of Exeter. DeSanto's heading to Drexel next year. Is, uh ranked, I believe, number four at, at the weight class. Um, Two had some history, actually. Uh, Lee Lee was able to, to top him uh, 15-0 last year at 120. DeSanto went up all the way to 132 this year for, for much of the year and okay. came down to 126 for the tournament to, to face Lee. And uh, just a really gritty effort. Yeah. Um, Spencer wrestling, I know, with a torn ACL, which hindered him a bit. But it's um, a really impressive performance by DeSanto. Um, can't take anything away from the kid. And uh, history book will always show him now as a champion. So r- really good for, for a kid who wanted to step up and challenge himself and got rewarded for it.
0: Yeah, and you know, you said DeSanto was up at 132, dropped under 126. They both wrestled, I believe, at 120 last year, right? Correct. Yeah, so, I mean, he went up two weight classes, Spencer went up one, Um, yeah, um, but, you know, for Spencer, I mean, he had really had, and I'm not, I'm not piling on here, but, I mean, the stakes of the match are pretty big, you know, he wins that match, he's got a real claim to the title of, of the greatest all-time high school wrestler, um, you know, based on, you know, his record, and, you know, his three world championships, and just what he's done, Um, and listen, he's still, you know, he's still probably on Mount Rushmore, but, uh Clay, that really exclusive club, only two guys in the modern era of PIWA wrestling uh, have, have done it, and it stays a club of two.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a fortunate set of circumstances. I don't want, to, again, to take anything away from DeSanto, um, but I think you're probably kidding yourself if you think a healthy Spencer Lee wins that or loses that match. And again, ifs and buts, but... Um, the fact that he was able to even get that far with that type of injury and was, again, a marginal call away from away from winning regardless, is pretty incredible.
0: Yeah, it was two points though. I, I am adamant that it was two.
1: Yeah, I, I've watched the replay a couple times. I would have had no problem with the call going either way.
0: See, because my thing was when Spencer, like Spencer, has no claim to control when. It's in, when when they're in rear standing. It's kind of like a rear standing that he brings them down, to does. Like, he doesn't have a wizard in at all or anything. So when Spencer grandies and he puts his hand on the mat, like, that's two, as soon as he puts his hand on the mat. Yeah, but
1: I, I didn't know whether he he rolled as time was running out. So. No,
0: I, I haven't slowed down. There's two seconds on the clock when he puts his hand on. Well, there's on. no way
1: there's two seconds on the clock. There, there's no way. I mean, I'd I, I, I go back and watch that. Uh, well, yeah, but the did, were you looking at the the mat clock or the broadcast clock? The broadcast
0: clock, which I know isn't well.
1: The broadcast clock was totally
0: official. but well, no, it was wasn't close. even close. So if there's no, two well, seconds left, you, there's probably one second. You can
1: see the you can see the mat clock in the background where where it's all it's but not uh, far off.
0: But not many grambies, I don't think you can.
1: It, well, there's a view. I'll try. I'll have to point it off to you again. Great, great podcasting for those of you who can't see. Um, I would recommend checking out the match. There is a view where you can see the mat clock in the background go zero as he's rolling. So it's not – I mean, he may have put, had the hand down before it hit zero, but we don't have tenths of a second on the mat clock, which, yeah. again, is a mistake that needs to get
0: fixed. because right. it's actually the um, buzzer, not zero.
1: Yeah, it's, it's very, very interesting. We need to figure out ways to get mat clocks with tenths of a second.
0: Yeah, um, and, and speaking of the match, I, I saw this morning – that as of 9 a.m., the, the match already had 1.7 million views on PCN, which that's like, – I mean, that's that's unheard of for a wrestling match.
1: Yeah, Spencer's kind of become one of those athletes that transcends the sport, which is pretty incredible for a 17-, 18-year-old kid. Um, obviously, there's always kids uh, that people are talking about, especially in Pennsylvania. But, I mean, you see a name like Spencer Lee. It's similar to, like, if Mark Hall were, were to drop
0: the match last year. Um you would have even, seen even more so, I think. I mean, because Spencer's world titles and you know,
1: yeah, yeah, it's it's a very very big deal in the wrestling community. Um, I think the most important thing for Spencer right now is to just get healthy. If I'm yep. if I'm the brand's Brothers, and we'll see how this goes. This is his second major injury in two years, after a torn labrum last year. Um, I'm as a Sixers fan. Going with the Joel Embiid plan, where if I'm telling Spencer that he can't get back on the mat until January 1st of next year, I mean he can do conditioning, but he's not going to wrestle. There's no reason to not to redshirt him next year. No, they're not chasing a team title. Um, Yeah, not. I I think it'd be silly. I think it'd be silly to to have him back on the mat before longer than even necessary.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think the plan was probably to redshirt him anyways. Uh, I would doesn't really take the shirts off their kids. I mean, even this year where a kid like Marinelli might have been able to help them at NCAAs, um, they didn't really do it. And that's fine. I have no problem with that philosophy. Um, but I think now definitely, you know, the shirts got to go on Spencer. And I think, I mean, Spencer's the kind of kid where, you know, he doesn't even need to wrestle open tournaments next year. I mean, I mean, it, that'd be a waste of time for him. You know, there's no need to risk injury for Spencer Lee to wrestle open tournaments as a red shirt.
1: No, I mean, maybe you're looking at like an entrance in the National Collegiate Open where you're looking at March of next year. But I wouldn't have him back in the room. I mean, I'd have him doing, like, workouts, but I wouldn't have him drilling until probably close to to January. And then if he's spending a month or two in the room and feels good and wants to go again in the NCO, then maybe that's something you discuss. But he's not going to forget how to wrestle. And then if he has time in the room with good competition, I imagine guys like Gilman and Dan Dinos will stick around with the Hawkeye Wrestling Club, if he gets healthy by, like, January of next year, he's not going to forget how to wrestle, and he'll have plenty of drilling before he actually needs to go in competition for them.
0: Right. I agree. I, I think one other thing we need to know here about Spencer is he had the ACL, but, um, you know, he, he did look undersized at 126, which is, I mean, essentially the same as, uh, you know, to the college rate, right, 125. Um, compared to DeSanto, um, you know, for me, I, I, I think that's a concern going forward. I mean, Spencer has his world championships, and I'm, Spencer's a great wrestler, and you know, I'll be thoroughly shocked if he isn't a four-time top three finisher at least. But I think if someone's expecting him to be a four-time undefeated champ, which certainly I think was the expectation at some point for him, I don't know, just because he's, he, he, he's undersized, and I don't know if he's ever going to grow into a full-size 125-pounder.
1: I think he'll be fine. He's not. I mean, he's not that tiny of a guy. I think he'll grow into 125, especially in a college weight room. I know he's got guys around him right now, but there's nothing quite like... I mean, he's not spending all his time with USA Wrestling, so he doesn't have that type of regiment. Um, he's a bit smaller than DeSanto. I think DeSanto, over time, will be a 133-pounder in college. But um, I, th- I don't know that he necessarily looks undersized. It's just relative to 120, where... I thought he was significantly stronger than yeah, most of the guys. I mean, he was wrestling at 113 and 120. And then he was down at 50 kilograms, which is 110 for international competition.
0: Did he wrestle 106 as a freshman? I believe so. Yeah. I remember watching him as a freshman. The most I, That was the most impressive tournament I've ever seen anyone wrestle with PWAs, so but he did. Um, in terms of, like, domination. But he looked like Hulk compared to those kids.
1: Yeah, I think... A lot of people would say that he's probably one of the better top wrestlers. I mean, he was the best high school yeah. top wrestler in the country. Um, and he's still, I mean, yeah, incredibly strong and incredibly crafty. Well, but yeah. he's not able to just, like, yank guys over with the power half as easily as he could. Well,
0: at- you mentioned top, and I want to get this in before we move on. I'm wondering why he didn't take top in the third period. You know, DeSanto had the choice in the second period Well, Lee, Lee won the flip for DeSanto had choice in a 0-0 match and decided to go neutral knowing that he probably couldn't keep Spencer under the third period so essentially surrendering a point by going uh, neutral just because he didn't want to go under Spencer Spencer gets the takedown with probably like a minute left in the second period rides DeSanto out, DeSanto doesn't really get too close to um, to uh, getting out and Spencer has the choice in that third period I think Spencer in retrospect should have probably taken top
1: Yeah you you were the first person to actually uh, kind of introduce that question to me and I I mean I agree with you I would have taken top in hindsight and maybe I mean having seen how it got, how it went with the injury and with the pacing in the match even then but um, again hindsight's 2020 when you're up two nothing and I mean uh, again, Spencer Lee had really never given us a, an impression that he was going to lose a match. So,
0: I mean, I think that's. A, I mean, I mean, for that one second at the end, I think that's the only second he's ever trailed in high school.
1: I believe you're correct. I believe somebody. I mean, uh, posted that, which is insane.
0: I don't think he's been taken down by a PA kid before. I wouldn't be able to tell you otherwise. I mean, I mean that, that's amazing. I mean, it, took, it took to the third period of his last match in high school to be taken down. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, you know, that's incredible. But, uh, well, we'll see Spencer in a couple years at the NCAA tournament. But it's uh, time for us to transition into the NCAA tournament bracket. Um, let's go to uh, 125. But first, um, Clay, we mentioned earlier we're going to be doing some fantasy um, analysis of these brackets. Um, You and I are in a a fantasy pool together. Um, You know, kind of explain the rules of of our pool um, and then, you know, how we're we're giving our fantasy advice.
1: So scoring in in the pool is based exactly how it would be if you had a team in NCAAs. You get the amount of points equal to the wrestler you selected. You are able to select two wrestlers, 10 wrestlers total, two wrestlers that are seated in the top two, Two wrestlers that are seeded three or four, two wrestlers that are seated five or six, two wrestlers who are seeded seven or eight, and then any amount of wrestlers seated below eight should you not pick two from all the weights above that, or from all the seeds above that. So a total of 10 wrestlers is what we're getting at, one at each weight. Um, you're looking at high point scores and high bonus scores for your top seeds, and then maybe. Some guys who could provide value lower down,
0: yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely, um, and of course you have to pick someone at each weight. I don't, I don't know if you said that, but you have to have a wrestler at each weight class. Um, so, so we'll be working that into our uh, prediction, uh, to our predictions here, because a lot of you guys are doing that. And by exploring that, it kind of, it kind of explores the value, or it kind of explores the bracket, anyways, looking at it through that lens. Um, so, so without further ado, let's go to 125 pounds. Um, Here at 125, uh, obviously Thomas Gilman, the undefeated Iowa senior, last year at NCAA Interrupt, is the one seed. Uh, Joey Dance from Virginia Tech uh, is in the two spot, just like he was last year. Um, Our own Nick Suriano gets the three. Um, Darian Cruz from Lehigh uh, gets the four. And Tim Lambert from um, Nebraska gets the five play.
1: Yeah, uh, brackets kind of played out similar to how I thought they might. I thought Nick Suriano might still get the two, having – beaten Cruz and with Cruz having a loss, or Cruz have be, having beaten Dance. But, alas, uh, kind of body of work held up for Joey Dance. And I don't think it changed too much, although um, getting that kind of in that quarterfinal, should you get to the quarterfinal, is a bit of a tough draw. Um, I think we both agree that we have we have Gilman winning out of, out of this uh, this bracket, correct?
0: Yeah, I, I have Gilman uh, winning, and winning in this bracket. I, I just think, I mean... I think his best challenge would be a healthy Nick, and I'm not com- I'm not so confident that Nick will be healthy enough. I mean, I I, I I think Nick is going to be healthier than most people, but I even I being optimistic um, can't foresee a scenario. just even if Nick's ankle is feeling fine, he's motion. I mean, he still lost a couple weeks in wrestling in the room, um, which would make a difference. I, I, it's hard for me to foresee him being healthy enough or being you know a, as complete of a wrestler enough to beat Gilman. Uh, in this tournament and I I, I don't see anyone else with a chance really I think should he
1: be able to get there I I actually think dance presents a unique problem they're and one in their career careers against each other and the main
0: structure could help dance too
1: yeah I I believe they're and one in in their careers against each other and then the last time they met dance lost on a takedown with like 10 seconds to go so again they've wrestled some very close matches
0: um And Dan, you know, Dance is a bigger guy who struggles with weight in tournaments, but on Saturday he can bulk up.
1: Yeah, I, I'm very interested in how uh, Suryana progresses. I think should he be healthy enough to win his first two matches and get to that quarterfinal, I like him getting to the final, but I'm very, very skeptical about his health getting getting to that point. Um, on the top half, I expect Gilman to walk into the finals pretty easily. Um, he could even bonus his way. It wouldn't shock me if he got bonus over Cruz. Yeah, that, that top half um, isn't
0: super great.
1: On the bottom half, Lezak presents an interesting option. Maybe um, speaking, kind of getting into value here, um, should should um, sorry not be healthy, I think Lezak presents an interesting option. Uh, Dance, if he can go. Uh, Josh Terrell of American, the 11 seed there, is really interesting um who you like
0: um well uh, for, first off i, I just want to give the quote kale gave about nick Seriano at the press conference as i said this is monday afternoon he just had his press conference here is kale's quote on nick Seriano, um in, in its entirety he's down in the room right now wrestling so he's progressing along he's looking good so we're going to i don't know what else you want to hear he's in that's what he said. So, you know, take that for what it is. But that's all the information we're going to have until uh, Thursday morning um, and on match 19 of the tournament.
1: Yeah, just a little more uh, ambiguity if you didn't have enough of it. Yeah. Values, um, definitely getting
0: guys, back to it. Oh, go ahead. I like. Um, I, I mean, uh, you know, my fantasy pick here is tentatively I, – I had some second thoughts last night about my lineup. But um, tentatively, Connor Uzi of Michigan, unseated. Um, but he's a kid who you know has been an All-American, wrestled the best of his season at the Big Tens. You know, he took. Uh, I mean, I mean, he had retired from the sport and then kind of came back in. Michigan had some injuries, um, came back into the room around like December, like late December or January. Um, so he's really just now getting back into wrestling form. He looks good, um, and you know, I don't, I don't mind his draw. Um, you know, so I'm 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 going but I really like Connor Yuchi as a low seed. Um I, I like Terrell a lot too. Um I like Freddie Rodriguez. If I mean if Nick isn't if Nick isn't healthy at all, if he's sixty percent Rodriguez is a guy who can get to the quarters, maybe semis. Um, you know those are some of the lower guys I, I, I like.
1: Yeah, uh similarly you talked about Rodriguez, he was my pick. Um Former JUCO national champ, highly recruited out of high school and, and ended up going the JUCO route. Um, was going to end up uh, after JUCO in Oklahoma and things got kind of diverted and ended up at SIU Edwardsville. Um, now 21-6 on the year comes in as a 14 seed. I'm very skeptical, as I mentioned, about Seriano's health. Uh, I, I think that could pose some some problems, and I think that, that puts uh, Rodriguez there as a 14 uh, in a good position to win a match and then maybe knock off uh, either Kyle Akins of, of Buffalo or a not healthy um, Nick soriano at which point uh, I think he's facing maybe a tough quarterfinal match with Lezak or
0: Terrell. Um, I think both of those quarterfinals, would, both of those quarterfinal options would be winnable matches for... Yeah, for
1: absolutely. I, I think at that point you're looking at nearly a toss-up.
0: Yeah. Um, so going down here through the bracket, um, you know, back to Penn state a little bit, you know, feet to the fire, um, chips on the table, gun to your head, all those, uh, cliches. Um, where are you picking Nick to finish?
1: Uh, I think he's going to be healthy enough to maybe get the victory over a guy like Aikens. Um, I then, I'm skeptical. I think he gets knocked out. By knocked into the Wrestlebacks by Rodriguez, maybe gets one more match, one more win there, and then goes 2 and 2. Would be a yeah. loss, I guess. Would that be a loss in the blood round or the round before the blood round? Lost
0: before the blood round, not lost in the final 16. Yeah. Fair enough. So, I'm a bit more optimistic than that. I have, uh, I have Suriano going to the finals um i'm pretty optimistic on the ankle a, a bit a
1: bit more optimistic
0: um, um i haven't gone to the finals losing to gilman um you know nick, nick nick's a trooper um his dad's an orthopedic surgeon um and and you know obviously the guys uh at penn state's got a great medical staff so you know between those two uh, i know i mean he's received the ultimate in care um for, for this ankle it's, it's it's been four weeks um i I think he's going to go to the finals. I, I, I believe in him. Um, I know I'm getting the reputation as the uh, as the Penn State homer between the two of them, but uh, I'm often not wrong. So, um, so you know I'm, I'm I'm going with him going to the finals.
1: I will say the one thing with Nick is there's no I don't see an in between. I think either he's going to be I agree either he's not going to place or or he's going to get to the finals. Yeah, I, I, I think I, if, if he's enough. healthy enough to place, which means he would be able to win three matches. The, I think he's going to be pretty healthy overall and is going to place
0: yeah, I fair mean, enough. either
1: in the finals or a worse third.
0: All right, yeah. And so um, just some team score stuff here. Um, uh, you know, we hit the team score stuff in the second half of the podcast, in the second part of the podcast. This is weird since we're recording this part after because of the technical difficulties, but we break down the team score a good bit there. But um, Jose Rodriguez from Ohio State uh, comes in 15 at 10. He, I don't think he gets a very good draw at all. Um, he gets Tarau in the first round, um, and then uh, if he loses, um, he's going to get he's going to get uh, the loser of Christian Moody or Lizek. That's at best case a toss up for him. Um, and if he, you know, if he, even if, if he wins that, um, he gets uh, the loser of the probable Lambert Fawz round sixteen. I can't really see him scoring uh, more than a half point team point in this tournament. And then for Nick Pichinini, I think he gets a little bit of a gift. Though, though he, he's wrestled better lately um, as an eight seed. Um, you know, could get to the quarters for sure. Uh, but then, you know, a loss in the quarters for him. Um, and, he, you know, I mean, he's going to have a tough blood rod match. It looks like against either Terrell or Lee Zag.
1: Yeah, um, it's going to be interesting to see which J-Rod we see from Ohio State. Um, whether you see the guy from the beginning of the season or the end of the season. Yeah. Um, I think maybe he could upset Terrell if he's if he's back to where he was at the beginning of the season, but he didn't look particularly great at Big Ten. He's only finished seventh, I believe. Um, Piccinini, uh has an interesting first round match with Elijah Oliver of, of Indiana, who uh, Big Ten folks know can can really go. Um, and if he can get by there, he's looking at a third match with Josh Rodriguez of North Dakota State, um, having lost to him, I believe, in their duel and then beating him in the in the finals of the big 12 tournament
0: yeah absolutely so uh, i have nothing else to add here at 125 Clay. Do? not that
1: i can see uh, it's a pretty strong weight class throughout um yeah. looking down again other guys made that may add value or sean Fawes of nc state maybe
0: yeah um, i mean i have a long bus trip to st louis i'm going with the Pensy wrestling club so in that time i may be bored enough to write a uh, a weight class rankings article of the toughest brackets the thing. so, uh, but 125 yeah. I think would probably be in the top five.
1: There's definitely a lot, a lot of depth here in this bracket if you're looking for fantasy value.
0: And, uh, you know, let's go to 133. And this is another bracket with a ton of depth to play. Um, Nathan Tomasello, um, undefeated, uh, the 2015 champ at uh, 125, took third last year. 125 is the number one seat. Uh, Seth Gross, the recently uh, crowned Big 12 champion, the uh, two seed, Craig, Cade Brock, the third. Uh, Corey Clark, uh, a finalist, uh, maybe even a two-time finalist. Um, at, I believe he at, is a two-time finalist yeah, at the four seed, and then uh, the, the really very talented freshman, Steven Mitchet from uh, Michigan, is the five. Um, Clay, this is a a great bracket. I mean, yeah. just a great bracket.
1: There's nowhere really to hide at 133. No. Um, you look at the the matchups in like when you once you get to that quarterfinal round or even around the 16. Um, Thomasello got the one seed, rightfully, going 19-0 one year, but he wasn't really done any favors. Um, and I'm not sure that it would have really been possible. He's looking at Kevin DeVoy of, of Drexel in the round of 16, who I think is very solid. I favor Thomasello there, but again, not exactly a pushover. And then if you when you get to the quarterfinals, you're looking at Zane Richards, who's a returning NCAA uh, semifinalist, I believe, or Scotty Parker of Lehigh. So again, no real favors done for um, for Tomasello. Looking down at the bottom half of that of that half, um, you're looking at a potential matchup in the quarters between uh, Corey Clark of Iowa and Stevan Micic of of Michigan. Clark came a, a literally a second away from taking Tomasello to overtime in the Big Ten final, and Micic lost seven six to Tomasello in the semifinals, so lost by one point, and had a one point loss to Tomasello earlier in the year. Cliff Keen, Las Vegas, so just a really ridiculous half, and maybe maybe even the tougher half.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I think both halves of this are fair. I I give the edge to the top half because I don't particularly like Don Forrest in the six seed um, spot. Um, I think out of the top eight, he's the weakest wrestler. See that even out of the top nine or ten, you extend, to, especially if you extend to Scotty Parker. I'd be willing to bet on all eight of those guys over Dom Forrest, um, a Pit. And I'm not just not just being anti Pit. I mean, that's just gen- generally what I feel. Uh, but I mean, this is just a great bracket. Um, you know, I, I I could see five guys win the national championship here, and I wouldn't be super surprised. Um, and just so a lot of wrestling talent here. I mean, he, I mean, he, I mean, if you look at Eric Matoya. The seven who I've been standing all year, uh, he's very good. Zane Richards last year took uh, fourth, I want to say. Thir- I mean, I know he's in the third fourth match, I believe. Um, I mean, he's very good. Um, just a great bracket, uh, Clay. Who do you have coming out of this and uh, standing on top of the podium?
1: Yeah, I have Tomasello winning it all, but that's probably my le- one of my least confident picks. Um, yeah, something against Tomasello. Not because, be- yeah, completely. Um, you-, you hit the nail on the head. Until somebody beats Thomasella, I'm not going to pick against him. But there's about four guys in the bracket who I think could beat him on any given day. Um, that being said, he's managed to come on top, come out on top against. I think he's faced what two two of those, those four this year and, and beaten them all in. I think three different matches or four different matches. Um, I, I think on the bottom side, uh, Brock was actually handed a pretty pretty nice bid because. I think we agree on fouries there. Um, I think fouries yeah. probably could have been closer to the eight. Um, ACC champ, so I wouldn't. I don't know that I would give him any any lower than the eight. But uh, I think it, it, I mean it helps Brock to avoid somebody against Mont- like Montoya, who might be the best top wrestler at the weight, um, to avoid somebody like Richards, who I think is better from neutral than than 40s. Um So a nice little draw there for Kate Brock. Um, I think I have. I think Brock overturns his two losses to Gross and gets to the finals, but then I have Tomasello over Brock.
0: Yeah, it's it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a great bracket. I I have to pick Tomasello, but I mean I, it's one of my lower picks too. And it's something is Tomasello great wrestler. There are just so many minds in here. Um, you know, um, I I actually think Corey Clark has got a really good chance to win this. And I think if the draws were opposite, I think if Clark had Tomasello's draw, I might be inclined to pick Corey Clark. Um, but the problem is, I think Clark has to wrestle one more really, really elite match against a true national championship qualifier because he has to wrestle with in that 5 4 quarter. Um, whereas, you know, um, Tomasello, and not the same, I, I just, you know, pumped up Zane Richards. Zane Richards is very good. Not as good as Michich, not a true national title contender. Um, so Tomasello's draws is just a little easier um, where, you know, Corey Clark's going to have to be in a row to win this. Um, probably Michich. Tomacello, and then either Brock or Seth Gross. That, that's a tough road. Um, well, Clay, who do you who do you have in fantasy in this
1: in this one? It's uh, just to, to touch on that real quick. It's interesting because I'm, I'm very curious which Zane Richards. I mean, not that he's been bad this year. He's only got four losses on the year, but um, or coming into the year, I think a lot of people picked Zane Richards as a final potential finalist or somebody who can, I mean, be be a high A. I think Richards is, is is pretty close to that level of Mietus. He has lost in, I believe it was sudden victory or ryouts to him in the uh, third place Masters Big Ten tournament uh, it was a neutral fall, I believe. But then Mietus has a major decision over him earlier this year. But in our very in our first meeting uh, in January, Richards had a seven four win. So again, just another really really tough guy in that weight. Um, looking at the bracket, I think we both do We both have Brock here. I believe we both had Kate Brock as our fantasy picks here.
0: Yeah, and I, I said I thought about not just going with Clark to win it all, but my fantasy pick. But again, that that extra tough match against Mecic makes me go with Brock here, um especially since I think Brock is gonna. I, I, I'm, I think he's like an 20 favorite over Forrest in the. In the in the quarter, so at the least, I, I'm I'm getting a guy who's going to the semis. It's uh, my three four, which is you know the baseline, the lowest you you really want out of them. Um, so I'm going with Brock. Um, do you see any value here down the board? I mean, you know, you mentioned Richards, uh, Eric Montoya is a seven. Um, I think he can have some upward mobility. And any other guys you see here?
1: Yeah, um, you mentioned it with um, Montoya and. And Richards at seventy eight. Um, I even don't. I mean, it's tough because he's a two seed. If if Seth Gross were one seed lower, I think I pro- and he and Brock were switched. I think I'd probably take Gross. Yeah, um, yeah I agree. looking elsewhere. If you're looking maybe for an unseeded guy, Mitch McKee's had uh, Minnesota has had some close matches with, with Brock. They've met a number of times.
0: And by unseeded, um, we mean outside the top eight for our. Yeah.
1: Um, Maybe Earl Hall can turn it on, but he doesn't look like he's the same wrestler this year. What do you for, think about uh, Iowa
0: what, State? What do you think about Scotty Parker?
1: I don't mind Parker. Uh, it's tough because he's going to have. Rich, I, I I like Richards in, the, in that in second round matchup, so he's going to have to work his way back. In my opinion.
0: Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um. Yeah. But I mean, it's just a great bracket. I mean, you're looking at guys. I mean, Connor Schramm hasn't had a super great season. He did not have a good big pack up tournament. But he's also had three weeks off since then because they wrestle um, a week earlier, which you know I think that can help a guy who's getting a little beat up and you know wasn't in a good rhythm like Shram and a veteran. Um, I mean, I mean, there there are just so many good names in this bracket. Um, it's it's incredible.
1: Yeah, this is probably this in the next bracket that we're going to talk about are probably the two deepest brackets in the yeah. tournament.
0: I agree. I agree. Uh, anything else to add here, Clay?
1: No, I think we touched on it all. Just a really, really strong bracket from top to bottom. And uh, again, um, if you're if you're watching on ESPN three or or some type of channel wherever they broadcast it, and they have some type of options for watching multiple mats at once, try to do that because there's going to be a lot of good wrestling really on this weight class. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. All right, let's flip to one forty one here, uh, Clay. Um, here, are the top seed, the defending champion. Um, uh, kind of like Thomas the Train, uh, just to, just keeps going uh, Dean Hele the number one seed undefeated this year just one loss in the last two years um, the two seed Kevin Jack NC State um, the three seed Joy McKenna um, from Stanford the four seed here is Matt Klozik, uh a freshman from a freshman from Princeton and the five seed is uh, the big Ten champion Anthony Ashnell
1: yeah um, <laughs> just another really really tough weight. I think there's guys that can win it down through, like, you're looking at five, maybe even six or seven. Um, just yeah, a brutal, so. brutal weight class. And Hile like Tomasello, doesn't, it wasn't really done any favors um, by grabbing that top seed. has an immediately tough match against Brock Sackrell. Um, unsee the clarion at 21. Of course, that's all,
0: that's all random drawing, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jared Prince of Navy, looking at second round, um, another really tough guy, and then maybe like Jay Nairman or Colt McChrystal to the quarterfinals just to get to that semifinal.
0: Yeah, and there he's going to see. I mean, and there really a, a toss up, a, a coin flip match for even the number one seed. And I think a lot of people will pick Klasik if it is Klazic. Klasik or Ashnell over Heil. Um I mean, this is just a great bracket. I mean, I, I'm just going to run off some unseeded uh, wrestlers in this bracket. Um, Jim Gulabon. Um, former All-American. Ronald Perry from from Lock Haven, 28-6 on the year. Um, You know, unseated for our purposes in fantasy, Bryce Meredith, last year's runner-up who beat three great wrestlers to get to the finals, is is seated 10th. Um, Logan Everett from Army, who spent most of the year in the rankings, got as high as like 12th. Um, He's unseated. I mean, it's just a phenomenal weight. I mean, a guy like Luke Pletcher is the 12th. You know, Javier Gaskin, who great the Big Ten Tournaments, the 13. Um, just a really awesome league.
1: Yeah, um, again, it's similar to 133 withers. no, you're going to have to earn your national title, whoever comes through this bracket.
0: Yeah, uh, I agree. I agree. So, so, Clay, who do you have coming through this?
1: I shouldn't pick against Dean Heil. Nobody should pick against it, Dean it's, Heil. It's, it's, um,
0: it's amazing. He doesn't They just make lose. so much money on Dean Heil.
1: He doesn't lose, and he hasn't now for two years. But I'm going to be really stupid and pick against Dean Heil. I really like the way Kevin Jack of NC State's wrestling. The two-seed uh, lengthy guy can get in some scrambles and a really strong scrambler. And I just think his, his, uh, the uniqueness of, uh, of his wrestling style poses problems to, to anybody he's going to face.
0: For full disclosure, yesterday when we did the first version of this podcast, the version that I couldn't get downloaded to work correctly, I did pick Joey McKenna, and I picked McKenna in preseason. As I'm speaking, I'm still deciding who I'm going to pick right here. I, I really like McKenna, and I think he's got probably the best draw in the in the quarterfinals of anyone that isn't Dean Heil. Um, I, I, I'm i going to stick with McKenna, but I, I, I think that, um, I, I, agree with everything you said, Clay, that, you know, Jack is wrestling really well. I watched a couple of his matches in the last couple of days. Um, uh, I mean, he's, he's so, he, he handled,
1: ball. I mean, I think D is really, really good and had a great year. Yeah. And he handled D Camillo pretty comfortably yeah, in the final. Four, I think something like that. Yeah. Th- th- Absolutely. I believe that was the nail on score. Um, and he handled it pretty easily in the ECC final.
0: Yeah. My, my only thing with him is that he has some demons from last year. I, I, uh, that can work two ways with kids. You know, some kids that could fuel them, other kids. That can get them a little antsy. I don't know Jack well enough to be like, oh, it's going to, you know, it's, it's going to go one way or the other. Um, I'm going to pick McKenna, but, I, man, I I mean, that's not kind of my fantasy pick. It, it, and I think my fantasy pick can win this, this whole thing too. Uh, and obviously Heil, I mean, geez, I mean, as I said, Vegas would make a lot of money if they took wrestling futures because people would bet. No, no one would bet on Dean and he just wins. So, I mean, you know, that's one thing. Um, I, I, I don't know. It's really hard uh, for me, but I'm, I'm going to pick McKenna. Um, I do. I, I think the McKenna jab winner wins it all.
1: And who did you have for your fantasy pick then?
0: I have Anthony Ashnal the five seat. Um, and and it's one of those cases with Ashnal where. If he was seated somewhere else in the bracket, like let's say he was Dean Heil's seat he was up at number one, I I, I think he'd have a really good chance to win this whole thing. Um, but it's kind of the same case with Corey Clark um, in that um, he he uh, he has an extra really tough match, you know, compared to Hile, um, where you know he's going to have to wrestle Kalazic in, in the in the quarterfinals, which is a a coin flip match. Maybe a little, in my opinion, maybe a little bit. Uh, better for Ashok because of the way he's wrestling right now but Kalazic has the wins over him this year so I mean you know that could go either way um, but I, I think Ashville has the potential to win this whole tournament
1: yeah I actually ended up picking uh, the 7th seed uh, UNC Joey Ward 26-5 and five on the year um, not exactly the easiest road it has uh, a first round matchup that I think should be pretty comfortable with uh, Jonathan Hathaway of Oregon State before meeting up with defending national finalist Bryce Meredith I don't think that Meredith is wrestling as well as he was last year coming into the tournament. Um, lost a, It was a 10-7 match with Dean Hile in the Big 12 final, but it really wasn't all that close. Um, even should Ward get dropped back to the WrestleX, I think he has a good opportunity to make some noise there. And he's wrestled uh, pretty well with, with Kevin Jack in the past.
0: Yeah, it's, it's going to be a, a, a really good, uh, a really fun way. This is another way, especially... In that quarterfinal round, you're going to want to have all four mats up uh, because it could be some fireworks going um, for sure. Um, and and I, even the first round, I mean, with all the with all the uh, good wrestlers that are are unseated, you know, th- there's potential for some upsets here. Um, and there were a lot of upsets in this bracket last year. Uh, I think it's a, it's a lot better weight this year. I think last year when I did, uh, I made a forum post about the weight class rankings. I think this would have. I think this was maybe last even, um, out of all of them, I think this year it might be at the top, so you know, it, 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 that's just how it goes, but, um, uh, anything else to add here at 141,
1: Clay? I think you touched on it, you've definitely seen guys, um, emerge at this weight who, who've who become some some real studs, guys like Kolodzic, guys like McKenna and Asnall. and I know McKenna and Asnall were in it last year, but I, I think they're wrestling at a different level right I now, know. um, even a guy like DiCamillo coming up, um, it's just a really, really tough wait throughout.
0: It is. I mean, he, a kid like I mean Jared Prince is a very promising freshman for Navy. I mean, I mean, I mean that's a kid that I can find him that, that I could absolutely see in future years being in the semifinals.
1: It's going to be interesting to watch some of these guys' progression.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's go to one forty-nine. Um, here, at 149 pounds Number one seed Obviously Our St. Rutherford um, Coming in with the longest Win streak in the country um, He's 23-0 this year um, Last year's defending National champion And high scorer In the tournament In terms of team points scored um, Anthony Kalkoff Oklahoma State Wrestling the best He's had in his career Here as the number two seed um, Le'Veon Mays um, From Missouri uh, Last year's number three seed Also will be the three seed This year uh, Number four Michael Jordan The Big Ten runner up uh, is number four, and the man he beat to get to the Big Ten Finals uh, last year's NCAA runner-up, Brandon Sorrelton, is the five play. Yeah,
1: um, it's weird to I actually think it's a pretty strong kind of top five there, but I think we both kind of agree on, on how this weight's going to go, and it's pretty straightforward. Um, I don't think Zane's going to have much, Rutherford's going to have much of a problem. I think he's going to be a repeat national champion. Um, I also think Kalika is going to not have much of a problem getting to at least the semifinals, but I think he's wrestling as well as he has in his career. I think he he probably beats Mays and gets to that final. Um, LeVon Mays has done a really good job of somehow ending up in the three seed for like two or three straight years without seeming like he's all that outstanding, but I think he finished third last year, so uh, hard to knock the kid. Um... I think the, the, only, the only real intrigue that I see it this way is team-wise in that 4-5 or five quarterfinal between Micah Jordan and Brendan Sorensen.
0: I think this is a way where um, I'd be interested to see – I mean, I'm not, I'm not advocating for change. I'm just saying like on a hypothetical, it would be fun to have a format like they do for like the uh, uh, world world team trials and Olympic team trials where, you know, if you have that stud – Wrestling coming back. They automatically advance to the championship. Then you have a challenger bracket. Because I'd like to see um, Kalika, um, Sorensen, and Jordan fight it out, all three of them, just to uh, to meet Zane in the finals. Yeah, I think
1: hopefully we can can get that at least between a couple of guys, maybe in a wrestle back Because um, I, I think at least you can throw Maze in their group. I mean, Maze isn't like a fluke. He has, he has good wins. Um, so hopefully you get a couple of those, maybe in a third-place match. Um, should get some good semifinals then. There on the bottom between Kalika and Kalica and Maze, but but I think we both agree here that that Rutherford's a pretty heavy favorite, even having wrestled some close matches with Sorensen and Kalika earlier this yeah. year. Yeah, yep,
0: I agree. Um, so yeah, uh, we both have uh, Zane as our fantasy pick here. I think.
1: Yeah. Um. Just from this year, you, having there are three options in my opinion for guys you're going to take with the one or two seed. Um, uh, I think we'll talk about the top one next, but the other two are Rutherford and Kyle Snyder. And I think just given the weight class and given the style, you're more likely to get a pin for, from Rutherford in the early rounds. So, uh, I mean, he was a pretty clear cut pick for me. Yeah.
0: Clay, last year, Zane scored 28 and a half points, um, I think that would be a pretty unfair over-under. That was a good performance. But did you see over-under
1: 27.5? I think it's under, but it's not significantly.
0: Okay, fair enough. Yeah, the 28.5 last year was pretty nuts.
1: Yeah, it was just a ridiculous performance.
0: Yeah, he's, he, he's good. Um, any value you see here down the bracket? I, I, think, I think the one guy that really uh, catches my eye is unseeded Matt of Drexel. He was the, the number four seed last year in this tournament. Still a pretty good wrestler, and I really don't mind his draw um, that much. Um, I don't know. I think he can offer some value down the
1: bracket. Uh, down the bracket, I, I'm not as high on, on Somato, but um, maybe if you're looking for somebody to take a flyer, Devon Jeffries, who could get hot, take out Shishko, and, and Mays and maybe get to the semifinals. Uh, I think Shishko, the sixth seed. Could be an option if you don't have a sixth seed. Uh, I actually like his chances of, of... I wouldn't favor him to get to the semifinals, but it wouldn't surprise me if he knocked off Mays. Um, at the top half, I think Patricia Lugo of Edinburgh. Um, probably a guy that's going to get knocked out in the quarterfinals. That's um, actually a tough second-round matchup with Justin Oliver of CMU, who I, I believe actually, um, coincidentally enough, Zane wrestle, wrestled both Oliver and Lugo last year in, in the in the front side. Um, yeah, that, yeah. But I think even if he gets knocked back, I could see Lugo making doing some damage on the backside of this bracket.
0: Yeah, Chisco last year was a backside. Hero scored a bunch of bonus points on the backside. He was my pick at 141 last year. Shout out to Chisco for my – I took third last year in this pool out of uh, about 60 people. Shout out to Chisco uh, – you're great. Uh, all right. Anything else to add here?
1: No, I think this weight um, is probably as, as definitive as, as any other. Um, like we said, the only real intrigue that I see is with is with um, Jordan and uh, Sorensen in, in that quarterfinal.
0: Yes, um, I agree. All right. Uh, let's head to 157. Um this bracket, uh, the one I have in front of me, is not the correct bracket uh, due to it being reshuffled. And I printed it out before, so I'm going to bring up the bracket. But uh, Clay, uh, give us our top five seeds.
1: Um, you're looking at the top seed of Jason Nolfe, uh obviously at Penn State. The second seed is Michael Kemmer at 25 or no, 27-2 on the year at Iowa. Only two losses, coming to Knoll by decision. I believe he's the only person this year to keep Nolf That's from, from bonus points. Though both,
0: um, both were very close to bonus.
1: Um, the three seed you're looking at Joey LaValle out of Missouri who's twenty five and one on the year, big twelve champ. Uh, four seed you're looking at Tyler Berger of Nebraska, thirty two and four on the year. Uh, two losses I believe. No. Three losses. Two losses to Kemmer, one loss to Nolf, and one loss to Brian Murphy of Michigan who had to pull out due to injury. And then just for team race matters, uh, Joe Smith of Oklahoma State, 11-4, seeded fifth.
0: Yeah, um, really uh, uh, really interesting weight here. Um, after the one, I think um, you, you kind of alluded to it last time. Um, Nolk is the most, in my opinion, and a lot, um, is the most sure thing in this tournament um, at any weight here um, at 157.
1: Yeah, I'd be I mean I think he's gonna end up with bonus points throughout the tournament in every match he wrestles. So I think he's definitely I mean, t- to get to fantasy RA I think he's a clear pick as in the one seed. And I think he pretty much rolls through this bracket.
0: Yeah, I mean the key for him to finish this tournament as the number one score is gonna kinda of be what Zayn did last year when, when he turned a couple um, a late matches that were heading for tech balls into pins. Um, you know, th- that'll be nothing the difference whether you know, is the tournament high score um, but uh, I think he'll be out for blood, especially if the team race stays kind of close. You know, He'll know what he needs to do for the team. Um, um, I, this bracket is, 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 is interesting for the team race. Um, you know, you've know, you got uh, JoJo Smith um, at the five seed. I think he catches a little bit of a break um, with the redraw because uh, the original draw I had him against Victor Lopez from Bucknell. Um, who ended up moving up into the 16 seed? So we're really looking at Smith had a 5-17 matchup in that first round. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't get Lopez anymore. Um, that really helps him, and he's, he probably wrestled his best tournament of the of the season last or uh, last weekend at the Big Twelves two weekends ago. Um, I think some people are overstating how well he wrestled and you know his ability, you know where he's going to finish on the podium. But I I you, I don't. Completely discount it. You know, that's interesting to me. Um, You know, Kemmerer uh, is bad of an injury, according to some uh, people uh, in the know at Iowa, so it'll be interesting to see how he looks. Um, And then you've got Dylan Palacio at the seventh seed, hasn't wrestled a bunch this year, uh, especially at 157, um, did win the EIWAs, um, and I think he's a contender to get to the finals. Yeah.
1: It's interesting with Kemmer. That's the first actually I've heard of it. Um, he looks really? pretty good. Yeah, I mean, he looks oh, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. In,
0: He's got a pretty big knee brace on him.
1: He looked pretty or good in the big, big, in the big Ten tournament, having having been pretty pretty banged up. Um, didn't really struggle to get to the final and then put on a similar performance against Nolf than he had before. Um, I think it's pretty clear cut. I think it's going to be Nolf and Kemmerer in the final. Um, elsewhere... Um, interesting to see that Joe Smith Tyler Berger quarterfinals that comes together um, Smith has an interesting Second round matchup with Clark Glass Of Oklahoma But um, I, I think we'll still see that, that Berger Smith matchup and that's going to be big for Oklahoma State I think from a team race yeah, standpoint That's
0: probably a must win for them If they want to be in this team race Come Friday
1: night Yeah we've talked about value Where do you see value here down in down in the bracket
0: I mean I, 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 I think this is the, the clear cut pick. I am gonna be surprised really if anybody in our pool doesn't have Nolf here. Um, I, I, I don't see a lot of value down here. Other than, I, I like Palacio. Um, if I couldn't pick Nolf here, I probably would go with Palacio um, at the seventh spot. Um, you know uh, uh from Ryder, B.G. Claygon. Um, you know, he, he gets a decent draw, I think against 13 cart glass. I, I, I just don't, Oh, no, that's not the same draw, I guess, because I got redrawn. I apologize. But Klingon's um, uh, a good wrestler that's unseated. Um, I I just don't see a ton of value, though.
1: Yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't see anybody outside of, of maybe um, uh, Palacio that has real... Any big upside. I think those probably the pretty clear pick here.
0: Yeah, he's... He, I mean... Knows something else. Plus, he'll be he'll be fun to have on your team, right? I mean, it's always I mean, other than being we're yeah, a yeah. If, if, if you needed
1: any other if you needed any other a reason to watch a Jason North match,
0: yeah. I mean, he's uh oh, he's something. Uh, I know there was a there was a, a forum post on, about our podcast, and people were commenting on how we play the, the the best game in wrestling. Uh, what would Jason uh, what did Jason Knoll do? And I'm excited to be playing that uh, six times to- or five times in three days.
1: Yeah, you're going to see a lot of uh, people's spirits broken after stepping off the mat with Jason Nolf.
0: Yeah, he is uh, something. I, if there was a... If, 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 it, if the NCAA kept track of this, of an all-time takedowns record, um, I'd have to think Nolf would be making a run at it in its four years. Yeah, it
1: should be a really fun performance to watch. But, uh, I mean, elsewhere in that weight, I think that's really... that's There's not much intrigue in the weight for me.
0: I mean, I... I think this might be, I mean, just off the top of my head here, I haven't worked it a lot, but this probably will be my, in the bottom two or three weight classes when I do the rankings. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, Nolf's so good. You know, Nolf is truly transcendent. But, um, I, I mean, I don't, the depth isn't very
1: good. Yeah, I mean, once you get past five, I mean, I'm not a big fan of, I know Pelosteus is in there at seven, but I'm not a big fan of Clayton Ream of NDSU at the six. Jake Short's the eight. I don't think Jake Short... I mean, yeah,
0: I mean no, we don't I mean, think... Don't no, ja- no, no do whatever you want. I don't
1: imagine many people think of Jake Short as an All-American. Um, but should he wrestle to see if he's going to be one?
0: That brings I a funny point, though, about Nope. I had a friend text me today about the tournament, a, a casual wrestling fan. Um, and he was like... Uh, and he, he He's from down near the uh, Allentown area, down near Lehigh. And he was talking about how... Uh, Ken Lane from Lehigh, um, who um, is from where this kid and I are originally from in District Four, um, you know, he, he was like, he's like, oh, Ken Lane isn't doing very well. Um, you know, he got he got wrecked by Nolf and I was like, I was like, I mean, getting destroyed by Jason Nolf is yeah, it's the right It's Photoshop not the best is, uh, yeah. measuring stick. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's like losing to Michael Jordan in one on one. Like, it's, not, I mean, it's I mean, I mean, it's it's it, it, everyone gets wrecked by Null, so the new black what it's the new black yeah getting wrecked by Jason Knowles yeah 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 it's it's really in style like wrestlers are going to be meeting after the match bro what was like how bad did Knowles wreck you like how many new moves did he use on
1: you um cradle? I think we're looking at a pretty strong front half of the weights uh, 125 through 141 particularly have, have a lot of intrigue there uh, 133 and 141 are, are absolutely loaded but uh, very very interesting weights there uh, very interesting fantasy options and you're looking at um, a pretty, it's never a bad time in the NCAA tournament but I think this year's tournament could provide a lot of fireworks
0: yeah I think there's probably more open weights on the front side and the back side here um, maybe not I don't know, I mean I, th- I think there's two definite open weights on the front side that you can see a combination – especially if you're talking about a combination of people in the finals, I think there's a ton of combinations of people in the finals you can see it 133 and 141.
1: Yeah, it should be – again, the, those, are, those are definitely the weights to keep an eye on. And um, we'll touch on it in the second half of this podcast that it's probably two of the stronger weights throughout. And there's a couple of weights on the back half. I think we t- we'll we touch on 184, uh, 165 is kind of fun. Um, 174 is a mess. Um, just, just a, yeah. a lot of really good quality this year.
0: Yeah. Um, that's right. So, uh, to wrap this up here, cause I know we had this in the first pot in, in the first take of this podcast and you get it in, um, and we haven't talked about it yet. Um, Clay and I will both be in, uh, St. Louis. Um, I'm leaving as I'm recording this in about an hour and 15 minutes, um, for St. Louis. Clay is, uh, taking a red eye flight, getting in St. Louis on Thursday, but, uh, BlatchuDiaries.com will be the uh, will be the number one source of information about this tournament um, from a Penn State perspective. We'll have open threads for all of the sessions. We will have session recaps. Um, BSD tweets will uh, I assume be live tweeting. Um, and then also the big news for the podcast is Clay and I will be doing uh, podcasts after every session. Um, after the uh, after the early sessions each day, Clay and I plan on doing. Facebook Live um, from the event, permission permitting, um, and we'll turn that into a podcast. So if you're available after the sessions, come on the Black Tree Diaries Facebook page, ask us questions. Um, the audio will also be posted as a podcast um, immediately after, and then at night we'll be just recording a podcast. You'll be able to wake up, um, you'll be able to wake up Friday or Saturday morning and get all the um, you know and, and get the scoop for the day ahead and what happened, and really be able to get a real uh, handle on. Um, on the tournament uh clay what other content do we have coming out here on
1: black shoe diaries uh we're gonna have a preview article that goes up we're recording um today's monday we should have a preview article that goes up monday night it'll be a round table so be sure to check that out um we'll be getting you some some session recaps after each session on com, and then um maybe some other stuff some fun stuff going on as the tournament unfolds um as Garrett points out, I'll be heading out there Thursday morning, so we'll be kind of getting things in order throughout to, until then. If you see me in Pittsburgh International Airport at 5.30, feel free to buy the, uh, the short guy with all the tech equipment, a coffee. It will be much appreciated. Um, but other than that, I'm just really looking forward to getting out there and uh, getting you guys some some, some new podcasts and uh, some coverage of hopefully a championship. Yeah,
0: I'm looking uh, to probably put out an uh, in- and I don't know if this will apply much to the people listening to this podcast. Y'all are pretty hardcore and know what the heck's going on, but probably an NCAA Tournament for Dummies article and then also a, a weight class rankings article um, sometime this week as well. Um, but yeah, Black Dollar is going to be you know definitely the number one place on the web for all this NCAA Tournament stuff um, and uh, make sure to, li- to watch out for part two, which should be coming out the day after this comes out. Right now, it's looking like this is going to come out on Tuesday. Um, so probably this Tuesday and then the part two will come out on Wednesday, uh, where we break down uh, the back half of the of the uh, of the tournament and then really look at the team uh, standings. Um, Clay, anything else to add here?
1: Nope. Other than uh, tune into part two, um, it'll be up there with other famous part twos, such as Confessions by Usher and the Deathly Hallows part two. Both very God, very good.
0: Godfather two.
1: Godfather two. So yeah, tune into part Holy two. Story two. Nailing them.
0: My, uh, Mighty Ducks D2.
1: There are lots of very good part twos. This one Just will not be the Ducks exception.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to reach the great heights of Mighty Ducks D2, which I told Clay was the best movie ever made the other day. Uh, all right, well, that's all we have here because I, I, I need to get around because I'm, I'm, I'm leaving for a week to go watch wrestling. Clay needs to do adult stuff, uh, and I swear the rest of you guys need to do too. Uh, uh, signing off for Clay Sour and Gary Carr. This has been uh, another episode of the Black Diaries. Matt Cast, uh, take care.
1: Peace out.